and we are live with the Five Star Wrestling Revolution. I am the man that calls it down the middle, Vic Musket. You can catch all of our episodes on our Facebook page, Vic Musket, not Vic Musket Revolution, that's the, the old show, the Five Star, anything can happen live, Five Star Wrestling Revolution on Facebook and all of your favorite platforms in the podcast world. But today is not about the podcast, it's not about me. It's about the man who is on such a hot streak. No matter who you are and feel about this man, you gotta be impressed. This man makes wearing pink cool again. <laughs> and on Saturday, May 8th, Southern Violence Wrestling presents It Was It Was All a Dream in Athens, Georgia. Bell time at seven o'clock. You'll get to see the man from your wildest dreams, the pickup artist, Shane Mako. How you doing? I'm doing good. Oh, uh, you can also throw in Mr. Swipe Right now because we got that going on. Mr. Swipe Right. Swipe Right in there. That's cool. Yep, yep, yep. We got that in there. So, what the hell my happened? My girlfriend does not like that at all. She gave oh, me the oh. mean, she gave me the meanest face when I swipe right on that. She, I was just like that. She just head just came up snarling. Well, it's like on the can <laughs> in wrestling. Hey, it's like you you're the like, asshole, so. but you're the coolest guy I've ever talked to. <laughs> Yeah, and then, and then you know it, it, it is part of it. It's, it's the whole swipe life, you know. You know where society is on all that. I mean, yeah. we swipe for everything. So my thing is, is when you think swipe life, it doesn't all necessarily have to be in the realm of that. I just feel like we're all swiping, we're all sitting there scrolling, we're all doing all this on our phones constantly. So we want everybody to back that up. It's like you know, we all know we do it. Let's not let's not pretend. You're swiping right because you want to see multiple Instagram pictures on Instagram posts. That's all. See? That's yeah, all it is. Awesome. <laughs> she's gonna lose it she's gonna throw something at me here to make it off. make sure she doesn't look at your history that's all <laughs> it's funny you say that because you have no idea you have no idea well we'll save that one for the real real show <laughs> it's funny because that that is a yep that is a touchy subject what is real and what is not he's world uh so I know yeah, we were talking happened, about man, because last time we talked, you were like number one contender. You're on a hot streak. You had all these hopes and aspirations. Then I'm all of a sudden ringing about, you know, new champion here, new champion there, you know, taking over the wrestling in the industry. And I'm like, holy crap. That's so cool. Yeah. Uh, it, it was because uh, I think last time we talked, I was in the tournament for the Black Diamond, which I didn't end up winning. So yeah. I did get, you know, I did win that tournament. Um that started that, and that's where and that's where Southern Violence is now. Me, Southern Violence, and my manager have they've kind of like we've we've hit like a mold because uh, the guy I'm going against was part of our faction, the Appeal. Well, looking at it now, it's like you know I've, you know we got a little we we had history where I won my title off of him at the other place. So now you know of course there's there's always been some kind of issue between us. We've always big smooth, you know. We've always had our – we're about to go on May 8th, trust me, because I heard what he said, that whole sweet wearing pink thing. I don't know why that's an issue, but we'll see about that. Uh, pink, and, <laughs> but, no, you're right. It was – and I told you last time we talked. I told you right, I told you that there was a wave, and I planned on riding it until it stopped, and it just keeps getting better and better, and it, and it, it, it has. It's, it's been fun, and uh, I got the title, the heavyweight title at uh, BCW. Uh, I've been a number one contender for quite some time. And a lot of promotions and it just took the right opportunity i guess for me to get my foot through the door but it's in there now and it's just like now everything's just 
I'm getting opportunities left and right from other promotions. I'm being talked to and booked. I don't think I have a, a free weekend for quite some time, which is it's 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 exciting, but it's also, you know, it's one of those things in real life, you know, it's kind of nerve wracking because you're like, man, I hope I can hold on to this and keep this ride going for as long as I can. Cause I mean it is it is a lot of travel. It is it is a lot of thought and uh motivation to sit there and try to stay on top and always give people what they want and not just kind of get stale and get boring really fast because you know nowadays you can do tiktok videos for what 30 seconds so just imagine being a wrestler you can be a fad for a second and go on the next so yeah but most independent wrestlers during the covid shutdowns and everything was all you know just like playing about you know this is not going this is shutting down but not you you kept on getting better and better winning the black diamond that's a lot of credit to um that i have to get a lot of credit to ace and amy on that one haven the ones that run pro style they were the ones that during covid they were the first ones that they they stayed on what they were allowed and they had brought me in right before covid and luckily because i got in right when that happened they were the ones that they, they, they talked to the commission. They found out the what they could do, what they couldn't do. And I got really lucky that Alabama was kind of very lenient. We were one of the first states that was kind of like, hey, you know, we don't care, but you got to. So they were the ones that, you know, made sure only 12 people were in there. They were the ones that made sure they followed all. And they they got us up and running quick. And if it wasn't for them, I mean, we got to, we got to wrestle when people weren't wrestling. I mean, they, you know, they, you couldn't even train in Georgia because, I mean, you weren't allowed, you know, to be around anybody. So Amy and Ace, you know, as soon as they said, okay, it's back on, they were right there. They did, you know, they, they did, they did shows, you know, when they weren't, you know, I don't think they were allowed an audience the first time we ran a show or something. And they were just like, you know what, we got a live to uh, live uh, YouTube stream. Boom, let's do it. And I got to give a lot of credit to them because without them, you know, we could have got rusty. I mean, I've seen a lot of guys hit that ring, you know, thinking that it's going to be easy to kickstart that career back up. And it's a struggle because you got to start from the bottom and work your way up. Whereas I, when they opened the doors back up, I was already sitting up. Whoa, Shane Mako, Shane Mako. I know this guy. He's out here doing this. I've heard of him. And it was like, I was already going when the, the wave hit. So I'm right there where I need to be now that everything's opening up. Would you say that's your favorite promotion to wrestle for or? Yes, I would say, I mean, I, I don't really, because see down and down, we, we've been doing uh, conversations. We've been conversing over things like this. And Pro South is the one that I have to give the most. Um, they're the ones that they're the ones why my career is where it is. So they they definitely have my respect throughout a lot. VCW has helped me obviously. They have a lot of faith in me. So I never want to sit there and say I have a favorite child because it's just something that you don't you know you would never do that. <laughs> Hopefully I'm, I'm sure some parents will, but. I have, like I said, I will always respect those that have helped me get to where I'm going. So ProSouth definitely is top on that list because without them, BCW doesn't see me. You know what I mean? BCW doesn't know that I exist. Um, New Era, even though I don't work there on a regular, they were the reason why ProSouth saw me. So, you know, Bubba Cagle, the promoter of that, he's a huge part of, you know, Amy and Ace. Austin Towers, going to say that, like, he was a huge reason why they noticed me because he he met me at New Era. and We had worked somewhere in Memphis when I first started. It's a big cycle of trying to keep – and I, I luckily I have a good memory because I haven't been kicked in the head too much yet. So I can always keep my thank yous and my, okay, I really, you know, thank you so much for this because I kind of keep – you know, I, I know when people – I'm paying attention to who's – who's there and who isn't, because I feel like that's a big part of this industry. You really have to, when people say pay your dues, it's not so much go out there, break the ring down. I mean, yes, that's where you start, 
But even once you break past, you know, paying your dues on the on the lower, you have to pay your dues on who helped you. And remember those people because people are quick to tell you, well, this person's this and that person does that. You just got to remember like, well, they've never done that to me. So until somebody has, you know, that wrongdoing to me, then it's like, well, I mean, I have nothing but respect for them. And, you know, you're trying to keep it as business as possible, but, you know, sometimes we do, we do become friends. <laughs> it happens. Well, who's your favorite gimmick in professional wrestling besides yourself? If, to be honest with you, I'm, I, I, every time he goes out and he's not even on, he's not even on the, the mainstream. I'll be honest with you. I like Tyler Colbert. I don't know if you've heard of him. He has a very Gotham, uh, he comes out, he's, he's got his own custom music. It fits him perfectly. He plays the character to a T. I mean, if you ever get to see Tyler Culprit, he, he's just doing, he, he's everywhere in the South. He, he has by far one of the best overall heel gimmicks right now because, I mean, you can't help but notice him when he comes out. You're just like, this is a character. This is somebody, this is, this is when I was a kid. This is what I would like. This is what I would come to see. It's not, I, I, I don't mind people being a monster and I know the big guys and I get it and I have to go out there and I have to do my thing against them all the time. There's nothing wrong with being a monster in this sport, obviously, but I just feel like they forget about the, 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 the characters. The characters are what people come to see. So, you know, you see, you see culprit. He's not a, he's not a, a huge guy. He's probably me and him are about the same size, I would say. And he goes out there and he plays his character. Like he, I, I watch his matches purely off entertainment purpose because that's what it is. The, the match could go five minutes and there could be nothing other than him just teasing and whatever, but you're so involved in how of good of a heel he is that you're like, that's, that's what he should do. That's exactly how this should have went. This is, I can't say anything. He, he puts a lot of work into everything he does. It's like, you can tell he definitely goes home and he lives that character, which I like. I mean, I respect that thoroughly because like my character, I know it isn't the most in-depth character, but I do take a lot of time to make sure everything I do fits the person in the gimmick that I'm trying to get across. When I saw your match the other day on YouTube, the Jim Cornette always used to say, from every like every girl's school girl's dreams and every boyfriend's nightmares. And right there, when I saw you, I was like, that's, that was you. That was that's the 2021 version of that. That's you. How does your girlfriend feel about that? About you know, you're going out there all sleazy and stuff like that. I've seen you with a very beautiful valet with you. Some of the uh, that was yeah that was a lucha that was a lucha show where they they uh that's very cool we, i got to do my first lucha show it's huge crowd never seen anything like it and they all they they actually pay girls to to valet you like just they have personal valets for you that's that's a whole new level of wrestling right there I, that was new to me so you know i'm getting ready to go out and they're just like hey you know here and you're just like huh oh oh okay so, you know, my girlfriend's gonna kill me. Oh fuck! I ain't told about this. I think, I think I think with me and with with you know personal and then professional is I'm not trying to be I'm not trying to be like the Rick Rude like everybody think. I think that that's the the, the misconception is is like I'm not sleazy in that sense of like oh I'm gonna get my thing is I'm too good for your girl like your girl's not good enough for me. So I get to kind of hone in on the whole fact is. You basically disgust me almost in that way where it's like, I swipe left on everybody. You swipe right on me. So that's the whole concept is, it's like, you know, I look at people in the crowd and it's like, I just, I would swipe left. I swipe left on everybody. And it's like, that's the difference. I'm better than everybody. So it's really not so much of, oh, let me go out here and show you ladies. Like I'm not doing the Val Venus and stuff like that because I feel like that's been done. My thing is, 
I'm like you said, I'm like a newer version where I'm just trying to be, I'm trying to bring the sense of newness to that old style where it's like, if Rick Rude were alive today, how would he, how would he portray it coming into the times? And that's how I see it. Rick Rude, I think he gave too much accessibility to him when he pulled a girl from the crowd and let them touch him. I don't want you touching me. If you touch me, it's kind of like, hey, where have your hands been? You know what I mean? Like, I'm Shane Mako. Like, come on, I'm Mr. Swipe Right. If 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 we had both our phones out and somebody was looking at them, they'd swipe left on you. They'd swipe right on me because I'm better than you. And that's just the way it is. Rick Rude and uh, Val Venus wanted the girls. Hate might have hated everyone else, but wanted the girls. To be I want them. You, you want- like, you're like. Get, I want everyone to get the hell away from me. He woke me yeah, touch. Exactly. And I and I know that it happens to where, you know, they they end up and it's fine because it's like I'm not gonna, you know, obviously I'm the pickup artist, but that's the thing is I'm so I, I can give you the craziest, corniest, stupidest line and you're gonna fall for it. Because I and then when you do, I just go, Man, you're stupid. And I walk off. It's kind of funny. It's just kind of like showing you how bad you want me, but how I can just toy with your emotions. And that's why I always say, like, when everybody thinks I'm like an opportunist. I don't really think I'm the opportunist. Like, like I'm not an edge. I'm more of, I can manipulate. I like to manipulate the situation. I like to get people on my side and then manipulate them into doing what I want them to do and then laughing at them when they do it. Like, did you really think, like, it was like, that's just because everybody wants to be with Shea Mako. Everybody, everybody's like, oh, Shea Mako likes me. Shea Mako's cool. I want to be cool. And then it's like, yeah, yeah, we're friends. We're friends. Hey, go hit him. And then when they do it, I'm like, I don't want a part of that. I can't believe you actually fell for that. Goodbye. <laughs> So you thought it was serious, really? Yeah. I, I just, I, I'm trying to like we we we've talked about, it, but I'm definitely a manipulator in that ring. Like if you've seen a lot of my stuff, I've had guys hold guys for me and then hit them with a finish and then pop up and hit the other guy with a finish. I mean, I've I've definitely manipulated people into doing my dirty work, and that's how I see. It. I see it more of because I mean, you know what it was like to be in school. You, you've seen the movies. You, you know what it's like when the the cool kid like Zach Morris treated Screech like crap. I mean, they were best friends. But, you know, he always had Screech do it because he wanted his best friend, Zach Morris, to acknowledge him. That's basically how I'm running my character. It's like, I'll acknowledge you up until you've run your course because I just want my life to be easier. So, I mean, if I have to step on a few toes and don't get me wrong, there are guys I respect. Like there's there's a group that I run with that uh, that I respect pretty heavily. And it's like certain people get that respect, but you have to sit. You have to fit a certain kind of mold to me. And a lot of people in, in, in on this in my world, I'm just like, eh. Are you there? I don't know. Maybe one day, but right now there's a lot of guys, you know, you got to, there's a cool level and it's really, really high up there because we're trying to take cool to a whole new level. We want that NWO kind of cool. We want that. We want to break out that new, holy crap, you know, bullet club, like you got on your shirt. Like we want that back. I got to ask, what the hell's wrong with Detroit this year? Oh man. Carry uh, on Johnson. They're about to wave him and that just bothers me. Yeah. I saw that really... day and I was like, they're usually pretty good. And I was like, yeah. really? Just in the fact is that we took a seventh round pick and we're going to let him go. We're going to let carry on go over that. But I mean, I get the knee issue, but I just think it's, I think it's Dan Campbell. It's like, do we really need him? Do we really want him? I mean, can he survive? They got so many running backs right now. And I'm just like, I think they're just, and I'm, I mean, I have no, I have nothing but faith in Swift. So, I mean, I'm, I'm fine with it. I just really liked carry on. I thought carry on a Swift could have been a great one, two punch, but what do I know? I mean, I'm not, I'm not out here biting people's kneecaps and, given the, the 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 media what they want <laughs> as much as Dan Campbell is. He's like, whoa, look at me. I'm the next John Harbaugh. I know how to really blow smoke. And then when you get out there and go, oh, and 17, I don't know what happened. Detroit's just a stupid place. I can't do nothing with these people. <laughs> Who is the most overrated wrestler you've ever been in the ring with? Overrated? Um, 
like someone that you were like, this guy gets so much hype. He's not very good. I, I think when it comes down to overrated, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say I've been in the ring with anybody that's overrated. I, I could definitely tell you that there's guys out there that do gimmicks that I think that are overrated and they don't really live up to that gimmick. So there's certain things like, I won't say that they're not good because I'm, I'm sure they came from a character that was good. And then when they try to do things, like I really respect Legato Vaughn. We've had some really, we've had two matches now. They're, they're pretty solid. I don't know how trained in Muay Thai that he is or his UFC style that he has. I don't feel like he, I feel like it's like, I don't feel like it's a work in a sense. I feel like a little bit of it, a little bit on the beginner side of it. And I like the look. But I'm just I'm, I always try to figure out like how much of it's who you really are, if that makes sense. And I always find it weird when guys kind of go against the grain of what they know and what they're good at, because you can kind of feel it in the ring. So I, I guess I, if I had to say it, I would probably say that that person legato is just because it stands out the, the most recent. Everybody else seems to always have their niche. Like it seems like it fits them. They, they believe in who they are. I haven't had too many people. Like, oh, they're just like raw, and then they're not that person. Most guys, they live up to it. Now, are they are they cookie cutter? Eh, some people are, but most of the time, everybody wants to be a monster, and they have no problem proving to you that they are. So, so when you say monster, I mean, look, I mean, how much you weigh these days? I'm two oh one. Two oh one. I mean, monsters. People think about monsters like Brock Lesnar and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, we don't. We I mean we we have we have. There's a couple guys on the indies, but when I say monsters, yeah, these are big boys. Like they're not they're not they're not jacked like Brock Lesnar, but like Big Smooth. Big Smooth's like six two, six yeah six two six three. He's probably about three hundred pounds. Big boy, and he can move. Towers is seven feet tall. Uh, probably two seventy, two eighty, somewhere around there. Maybe maybe lighter. I don't know, but he's a big boy. He's seven feet tall. So I mean. He can stay eye to eye with the taker, and I mean, I've I've had a, a good match with him, and I you know I still see him on a, every Friday. So, I mean, when I say monsters like Lamar Diggs, Lamar Diggs is probably six foot five, six foot four, probably two ninety, three hundred plus, and he can do a moonsault off the top just like Lesnar, and he can move. So, I mean, there's some monsters in our sport. They're on the lower thing. It's just finding their niche and figuring out what they. I think Big Smooth and Towers definitely have theirs. They just have to get the right eyes on them, and you'll see them soon. I promise you, you'll see them soon. What's the one thing you wish you'd known at the beginning of your career? Uh, it's not about it, – it, it's definitely not – I mean, I kind of knew this, but it's not about the moves. It, it really isn't about – it's not really – it's not going out there and, like, knowing that you can do all the cool things and hitting it and then just constantly pushing yourself to see all these different things because when you actually get out there, all that just gets wiped off the table. You have to start so quick and so fast that you really have to own in on like your your posture, your character. Your character needs to be the most polished thing in your arsenal. Without a character, there's really no point of going out there and doing anything if you don't have that character that people can get behind. Because you can do so much with a character. If you forget something or if you if, if somebody pops you and it just lights out and you wake up, and you don't know where you're at. If you know what your character would do, you can you can everybody can forget it it can be a clean slate because you know who your character is. And that's just, I'll tell you, I saw a, a shot of Dylan McQueen. He's very, very who he is. He's very, got a very over, very flamboyant character. He is 
Dylan, he's Dylan McQueen, hands down. And I saw him go for a move. And this was the most brilliant thing I'd seen in a while. He went for something to springboard and you see his foot slip. And, you know, it's life. Shit happens. So he does it. Boom. He when he came off that rope and he looked at his opponent, his opponent was standing there. He slapped a taste out of that dude's mouth. And I said, that's his character. That's that's because he knows what his character would do. You're not going to laugh at me because I made a mistake. How dare you? I'm going to slap you for sitting there looking at me like I did something wrong. That was brilliant. That's wrestling. That is 100 percent one on one wrestling is when you know who you are, what you are, and how you would react to every situation in that ring. And a lot of people live and die off of what's next, what's next, what's next. They're more into the choreography of things instead of going out there and actually fighting. Because when people say, oh, it's fake, it's fake, it's fake. The reason why they're even allowed to say that now is because it's starting to look more choreographed. It's starting to like show off. You know, back in the day and what I bring out there, it's it's real to me because I'm not going out there with a script. I'm going out there and I'm, I'm winging it 90% of the time. I'm, I'm going out there with very little. And, you know, if mistakes happen, that's real. They're, they're, they're real mistakes. I like them. I, I live off of the mistakes. It gets more out of you. The mistakes show more realism. It shows that, you know, we're not faking. You get out here and you try to do what we do and you don't know what you're doing, you can get hurt. Yeah, I remember there was a, I can't remember that. There was a trio, this is years ago, when AJ Styles and Neon Bucks were together. He slipped, kept on slipping on the top rope when he tried to do his thing. And he just like kicked, kicked the ropes and said like, I hate these motherfucking ropes. Yep. And like, like, it was real. It was just like, you know, real emotion. That's what I like about it. And, and you should always turn things up. That's what I tell. I tell a lot of people if they want to ask me something and I, I haven't been in this business long and I, I try to keep my opinions to only things that I think that I have a good grasp on. I try to tell them, like, make mistakes, man. Go out there and try it. Go out there because, man, that, that's where you when you get when you're five, six years into this, those mistakes are still going to be happening. But because you cover them up so well, nobody will know. It's just it's just it's going to go with the flow of things. And that's where it's really important, because going out there trying to be perfect, never going to happen never going to happen so just go out there and accept the mistakes and grow and make them part of your routine make them part of your character make them part of your everyday life because that's what it is it's just like you know if you stub your toe you keep walking you say i want and you, you kick whatever door you ran into and that's you that's how you get mad so do it in the ring somebody stubs your toe stomp your foot and just do exactly what you do like i don't i don't stop doing it i mean i got kicked in the leg and it, it hurt and i was getting ready to go and i was thinking i was like hey this is starting to linger like he, this kid kicked the crap out of me. So I just looked at my manager. I hit the middle rope and I was like, nope. And I just hopped out the ring. I started walking. I was like, man, that hurt. And I was just like looking at my manager. like, he's going to get one for that. Like, I mean, I looked at him and was like, yep, we're going to go. Cause I mean, that stung. So, you know, I wouldn't make eye contact with him cause I was pissed and I got in and, you know, I made, I made it work. Cause I was really like, Hey, that one stung. Like lighten up, or you know, like, like I'm mean, like ease up there, kid. Like I know you're full of adrenaline because you're in the ring with the champ. But calm it down. That's what I like about independent wrestling. Talking more to independent wrestlers than like WWE wrestlers, because when you see like the independent wrestlers in the ring, it's like they, it's like they look like they care. It's like they would try harder. They would go do more poor stunts. If they fuck up, they're, they're just like. Fucking you know, just yep. A lot of the guys, and and I, and I mean, I, I being in the back, and that's one thing that I try to uh, understand, or I try to like, like tell. It's like I get kind of because I started doing it when I first started. It's like you're frustrated when you when you don't 
do something or you don't hit a spot or you, or you mess something up. It does linger, but I, you know, I just try to tell people, enjoy that you went out there and you, you got the crowd and enjoy your moments, like really enjoy your moments, enjoy a good job done, go back and watch your film and learn from there. Just don't get caught up in hating everything you do because that's, that's a dark path you don't want to go down because wrestling can definitely wear you down mentally. You have to enjoy what you're doing or why are you doing it? I read an article the other day that said a pro wrestler's wife, average wife is 39 years old. And that's hard to believe, but I guess if you include international wrestlers and stuff, I guess. I It seems yeah. awful young, doesn't it? Yeah, and, it, and it's true because we, you know, because of the fact when you're injured, you just push through it. And then that's when people start saying, you know, you go to a doctor, you get like, like, you know, most of the guys and things, you know, you get prescribed something and it makes life easier. And you just get so used to not wanting to feel that ache or that, that throb or whatever it is that's killing you because you know, you got to go out there and perform this weekend. It's hard to say no. It's, it, it is really hard to stay, you know, Hey, it's going to be six months when you can wrestle again. That, that, that is like, Holy moly. Like that is, that is, <laughs> that is not fun. Thinking of six months laid up. That's not even, cause I mean, my shoulder has always, it's been lingering for a while, but it doesn't, it doesn't bother me in the ring or anything. So it's just one of those things, but I've never just let it rest. It's hard to want to, because you know, you want to be in the ring. You want to be out there. You want to, you want to entertain. And that's what we do. And I can see why, because I mean, it, it pushes you, but you have to, you have to really live a carefree life. So what's the, um, how do you feel though, knowing all that when the public who don't really understand the risks and the dangers of the job and still think it's all fake? I, I, I've learned to not take it as personally, but my thing is, is I mean, it's always going to be the same rebuttal. It's always going to be, you know, I'll give you, I'll give you a hundred dollars right now. If you get in the ring in the last five minutes, if you could stand in that ring, run the ropes and, and, and run a match and, and actually sit there and do. And I mean, you don't have to, you don't have to be a, you can, I'll lay you out just like, you know what? I mean, just like a, in a real fight. And if you can keep getting up in five minutes and you're not gassed and you're not breathing for dear life, then you tell me how fake it is because you, the first bump I give you and the first time I pick you up and toss you in the air, because I can pick a legit human being up. I don't care if you, you want to sandbag me all you want to. That's fine. I get sandbagged all the time. I pick them right up off their feet and I toss them and I'll toss whoever else. And when you land, because you don't know what you're doing because you're not, you know, you're not trying to do this. You will land funny and you will probably pop. And if you saw the bump that I took where I went up and over, normal human beings don't walk away from that. They don't know how to tuck their head. Have you ever been in a match before where you just didn't like the guy? You just gave him a little extra, like with their punches. Yeah. Yeah. I've definitely, I've definitely popped at least one person just because of lack of, I guess, drive or just kind of like constantly nagging the fact that they weren't taking what I was trying to do professionally and they kept taking away something that I felt like I deserved and I knew they didn't have and I popped them. I mean, I was supposed to get his attention. I was like, oh, I'll get his attention. And I slapped him. I slapped him as hard as I could because I was like, pow. And I was like, and, you know, I went to the back and I was like, you know, I apologize for it. Like, you know, that's etiquette. But no, I meant that there was definitely some sting on that one because I was like, I had eight minutes and you keep wanting to go too. So it bothers me when, you know, you're given and somebody doesn't have the professional courtesy to give you what, you know, because they don't want to either be in the ring with you or they're just, you know, they're scared of you or whatever it is. I don't know what it is sometimes. Sometimes people are just like, Ugh, and you're just like, come on, man, let's go do something. And when people show up not wanting to do much and you're like, but this is your chance or this is a moment. I go out there like every time. 
you never know who's watching. This could be your moment where somebody perfect, you know, it's just perfect timing. And that seems to be the case in my career. seems like I just have perfect timing on a lot of my situations and I keep getting the calls when they're supposed to, you know, be happening. And I really appreciate that. Like, it just seems like the odds are right where they need to be. And a lot of people want to push and push and push to get there faster. I have no problem taking my time. Since everything is like going so well for you and everything, like I heard there was a rumor that there's a movie role that might be yeah, there is, uh, there is talks of me possibly being in a film. Uh, don't know much, but they're in talks and we are in talks to get something there. And that was something that, you know, when I got into this, that was always a possibility. So to get that offer in itself, whether, you know, it goes or gets aired or whatever it is, what happens, it'll be huge for me because it's something that I wanted. Same thing with the podcast co-hosting always want to be a part of a podcast i think these things are great for our business and i love doing them so to be a part of one especially one that's pretty popular amongst you know the area and what we do it's it's been opportunity after opportunity and i'm grateful for all of it so with the podcast the movie role the wrestling that's picking up how do you balance your professional wrestling life and your personal life this is not like going just like you know yeah, well, like- I'll be, I'll be, it's funny because my, my personal life kind of runs into rest because, I mean, I'm, I'm just a bartender. I mean, I, I go make money being Mako. Everybody knows I'm Mako at the bar, so I get to be him there, too. So I get to go make my money there and be the guy behind the bar that nobody really messes with. And I have the same attitude behind the bar I do in the ring. I'm just like, you know, you want a margarita? I'm just like, go fuck yourself. You can get a Bud Light and a lime. I'm not doing that. I'm not that kind of bartender, you know? <laughs> it's not happening. It's like, hey, do you know how to make this? I could make it. I'm not going to. Here's a fireball. Enjoy that. I mean, I'm not <laughs> I'm not that kind of bartender. I'm just going to be – and I get to carry on with my personal – like, my gimmick is very, very close to, you know, what I perceive. I don't wouldn't say that I'm, like, some – you know, I, I am who I am. I'm very, very confident in everything that I do. I always have been, and that's just the way it is. It's like I'm confident in the ring, and do I think I'm perfect? Do I think I'm better than anybody? No, 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 no. I'll go out there and do my thing and I'll prove I'm better than you. But, you know, I let my actions speak a lot more. You won't hear me yammering a lot. You'll see me slap somebody in the face and say, let's go. And we'll see who's better by the end of this. And that's how I like to do it. I like I like that idea of things. Like that's the layer that I'm trying to get across is, yeah, I can run my mouth and we can do this. But I've, I learned from Jake the Snake, man, sometimes less is more. So I'm not somebody who's going to hammer it out with the crowd. I'm not somebody who's going to sit there and have a 15 conversation with somebody who doesn't matter. So when they're telling me all this, all this, da, 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 and I'm like, if, if you were, if you could do what I do, you wouldn't be sitting there. So hush your mouth, let me go work and enjoy it because I'm allowing you to see it. <laughs> it's like, there we go. There you go. You virgin. That's how you say. There you go. 90% of the time. The, the somebody, uh, so, somebody told me to swipe myself. Because I was, you know, I swiped left on them, and they're like, "Go swipe yourself." And I was like, "I would, and I do. Why would I not?" That was like the worst thing I've ever heard. I was like, "You got to come up with better material than that." Like that was awful. I was like, "Go come back next week with something better. Like make a sign or something." But I was like, "That is awful." It's like sometimes the insults are so bad they're insulting. Yeah. <laughs> it's like really. It's the best you got, like yeah, and that's that's usually me. I, I find it so funny when people say, "Oh, you wear pink underwear," and I'm like, "Yeah." I was like, your girl loves pink. I was like, you know that. Like, I'm just like, <laughs> I was like, I mean, why wouldn't I? You know, you give people, you know, it is what it is. I don't know what, what the problem is. But yes, of course I wear pink underwear. I wear pink everything. Come at me with that crap. Give me something I can work with. So with the uh, promotions you work at, what's the medical situation in the back? Oh, man, that's probably like one of the, the that's probably one of the 
hardest things about doing the indies is there's really no there's really no medical like i mean you, you get hurt i mean you just pretty much either call an ambulance or you get driven to a hospital we, we can we can sometimes I, I mean i try to keep like super glue and stuff on me in case accidents happens like i got busted open one time on my island really bad and of course you know i had super glue on me because that's what i do i keep my own personal stuff just to make sure you can stop the bleeding and get where you got to go but for the most part hopefully i mean i think that's the thing about wrestling is it's kind of cool that they don't have a medical anything like that because it kind of keeps you safe in your own i feel like if you give people too much man we'll go out there and do it kind of keeps us honed in like hey i know i would love to do a 450 off of this ladder but since we don't have anybody that can be here how about i just do an elbow so <laughs> it's kind of like you know let's keep it in the realms of and eh, if this does go awry what's the situation how far is the hospital you know if it's 18 miles eh, can i make it there so, um, are there any moves that your opponent wants to do that you won't do because you're just like, it's like, that's move stupid. I'm going to get hurt. Uh, right now, I, I'm going to be honest with everybody. This is a little insider information. If you ever call a flapjack or you want Mako to take a flapjack, it's probably never going to happen for a very long time because that's the move they called that I thought would be the easiest move in the world to do. And when it went sour and I almost died doing it, I will probably never do a flapjack or back like a, a backdrop, body, uh, body, uh, back body drop. I'll probably be very, very long before you see Mako going up and over onto his head because I have flashbacks of that. Like I can see that mat upside down. I'm just like, oh, blue tuck. And I mean, just, just feeling that impact. So yeah, definitely, you definitely get some, some, some past residents of, um, residue of just fear. And you don't want to feel that. So if you ever feel like, mm, there's times where I'm like, well, is there any way we can replace it? But just for the most part, anything up and over right now, if, if I trust, and I trust almost everybody I work with. So when they're like, hey, I got you, I go out there, grind my teeth and just get it done. I don't really have anything that I can say no to right now because most people keep it, you know, pretty, pretty hot and simple. Like, you know, I like the guys like Rob Kiljoy. Rob Kiljoy is a, a night off in wrestling, if you want me to be honest with you. That man does all the work for you. That's one of the greatest, you know, there's guys out there, man, that can make, they can make you look fantastic. You won't even, you'll just sit in the middle of the ring and they will pop, 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 pop. You're just like, yeah, yeah. And then you go back and read the reviews and like, this was a fantastic match. And they're like, all I did was punch him. Think about that. <laughs> Who would you be, if you could be in any like organization and wrestle against anybody, alive or dead, who would it be? You can even call the stipulations if you want of the match. <sighs> I'm always going to go with if, if I could be a part of anything, I'd, I'd, I'd always want to I'd always want to go against Bret Hart just to know, because, I mean, he, he, he seems like he could have a good match with anybody. He's kind of proved that time and time again. And I know that's probably the easiest answer. But Bret Hart's always going to be the go to if I could be any, any in a part of a faction or anything. As much as I love the Hart Foundation and all that, I would really have loved to be in Legacy just because they were young. And I like the concept of generation after generation being together and the, the I don't know why that ever stopped I thought they stopped that a little too soon that was one of my favorite uh, like up and coming like that'd probably be the faction I'd want to be a part of because those guys were all so young and they all had stature they all had it was the perfect thing after evolution and I guess that would be it right there it'd be like it would be evolution I mean uh, it would be legacy against the heart foundation I would love to see that <laughs> I would love to see that let's go let's go do this that'd be a good match actually because like I said, had decent matches against DX, even though they pretty much lost all of them. Still, they yeah. had 
I mean, it was, they were good enough that you still watched. Yep. I mean, so that's all. I don't really, I don't really know in WWE. It's really weird because now that I watch it and I'm, I'm, I'm my own person. I don't really know if there's like bad matches anymore. It's just the lack of intrigue because without story, without like the attitude era, which everybody had their own story going. That's what we, you know, it wasn't really the wrestling that we were into. Because I mean, I watch a lot of attitude era. They, those guys weren't doing a lot, but we were so intrigued because what was what was the point of the match? They always had a point to the match. There was a story there. There was characters that we all loved, and we got. Now you watch it. It's like, is it really bad or is it just lack of interest because we don't know or we don't care enough about the person in the ring? And I think that's what it is. We're not attached to these guys like we used to be. That's why I say when you're attached to somebody, like even me. I mean, I'm out here inspiring fans and doing whatever because they like the gimmick. They're attached to me in that way. And that's something that, you know, it's hard to create. You can't really go out there and make that happen. It's just something that you do. And when I go out there, I can give them basically three minutes of my time. But because they're so attached to me, they don't care what I do. They could care less if I, you know, they just don't. They don't. And that's what's funny about it. It's really a different when you when you put things in that kind of perspective. That's where things get kind of, you know, cloudy. It's like the storytelling is really where the the, the, the the meat and potatoes is. The characters is what, you know, that's how you get the stories to come to life. And when you just throw two guys in the ring and they just, you're just like, yeah, this like, isn't really what I wanted to watch, you know. What was it like working with a uh, dead crowd? Gangrel? Dead crushes and dead crowd. Because COVID, you know, just made no crowd, not a dead crowd. What was it like uh, during wrestling during the COVID era? Well, the, the cool thing was is that at my training, at the place that I was training at A4 with AR Fox, uh, we we did a lot of matches without crowds. Like, he's one of the ones, like, we run a lot. He, you know, he'd have, he'd let us do practice matches. And we, you know, being full, everything, treat it like it's the real thing every time you're in there. And we had nobody there. So the, it was really nothing. It was really, it was really no difference. I mean, for us, it was it was strange as it went on. You miss it. Trust me. After after about the third time you do it, you miss it because you you feel like you do live off of those pops. You do. But that's how you know there's a difference. But it, really, there was no difference. But it just becomes more about the move set. And that's where you got to shift gears because you're not going to have that moment when you can, you know, the character that, you know, because somebody says something that caught your attention, you just have to stay in posture and remember that you're it's more of a fight feel without a crowd it has to be it has to be more personal without a crowd whereas a crowd can dictate a lot of how you stop and go like somebody could be like oh you know look at your belly showing and then you'll be like ready to punch somebody and they'll be like what'd you say and throw their head down and go get in that crowd you know in that person's face so it does but i just feel like like i said mistakes man i feel like everything that you do do it, learn from it, and always have those tricks in your back pocket because that's what makes you a well-rounded wrestler. You never know when you're going to be in front of a thousand people to when you're going to be in front of one person. And that one person deserves just as much as those thousand. I mean, if they pay their money, they deserve it. I mean, I, I look at it like people work hard for their money. So go out there and give them what they deserve. I'm never going to sit there and go, oh, well, there's two people out there. Uh, I'm probably not going to, you know, do this, 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 this. We can handshake and then I'll pin you and we'll just go home. That's not, that's not cool. What are the best resources that have helped you along the way? Uh, other other wrestlers, other workers, guys who take the time to sit down and go over stuff with you, tell you what they know, and the ones that stick by you and, like, really, really are motivated like you are. There's some people in this business that are highly motivated, and there's some people in this business that just like their lane and they stay in their lane. 
some people just like doing the weekend thing and they like where they're at and that's what they do. And then there's guys out there that are motivated to reach higher levels. And you just got to associate with the ones that, you know, do it for you. Almost everybody I associate with is all grinding extremely hard to get to that next level. They pride themselves in what they do and how they do it. And I've been fortunate enough to kind of find the ones that push me and support me in their own way. And they have no problem telling me when I suck. I mean, that's very important in this business. It can't always be sunshine and roses. It has to be people that can be honest with you and you not be so into yourself that you can't make mistakes. You got to be able to be willing to listen and hear like, dude, I get it. This was cool, but man, well, why would, why would you do this right here? Why, why would you think that that was like that? No, you can't do that like that. And you're like, all right, you're right. You know, and you got to be a million that you, you know, admit that you're wrong. That's probably the best thing is other workers, man. Other wrestlers are definitely key to your success. You got to be willing to listen and make those, I'm not saying you got to be best friends with anybody. I'm not saying that you need, you know, cause you got to have your personal life, but you definitely need to have people you can lean on and talk to and send footage to and ask, just like you said, you know, earlier today uh, about when you sent to see how you could better your podcast, same exact thing, find people that you can send that, that footage to, Hey, could you, you know, take a look at this and let me know what you think. And if they care, they'll send you and they'll either rip you a new one or they'll just be like, Oh man, that was good. All right. You hated it. Cool. I'm going on my way. That's probably the worst thing. That's the last thing you want to hear in professional wrestler is good match. Like you don't want to hear good match. Like when you're in the back and you, you're like, Hey, they're like, yeah, it was good. Oh, great. Cool. You hit, you didn't watch it. You can care less. <laughs> Moving on now. That's such as life though, because like a couple of weeks ago, I had someone babysit our kids and they came back saying like, we came back. They're like, they were great. Even though one of them hit the terrible twos. The next babysitter was like, they were good. But your son doesn't know his name apparently because he doesn't. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, okay, that's sounds like more like him. I mean, people right. feel like they can't take or give constructive criticism anymore because they're afraid of hurt feelings. That's and that's what that's that's where we're at. That's where the that's that has something to do with a lot of the direction of life that we can't control right now because people's opinions are just it's just hard for anybody. Everybody's on eggshells. They think everybody's out to personally attack them. And I've always been able to take a loss. I have no problem losing because without losing, you can't get better. Yeah. And I don't know why people don't understand that. Like, even when I played baseball for nine years, I was very, very good at what I did. And I never really had to compete with anybody. So it kind of got boring to me. And the same thing when I used to play Madden and win Madden challenges. People used to talk so much trash before these games. And I was like, dude, I'd shake their hand. I was like, I hope you do beat me. Because then it'll come, I can come back, learn from you, and then I'll be better than you and the next guy that was better. Then, you know, and it's just that's how you get better. And then when I beat him, I was like, well, I mean, you were just talking because obviously you're not very good. But that was my thing. Is, yeah, I'm more than glad to lose because I'll come right back and beat you the next time. I learn. I pay attention to how somebody beats me. And that's what you do. You you, you learn from your losses. And people think, oh, you got to win all the time. That's nah, boring. Who are the three people that have been the most influential to you during your career? Takiri uh, is a. Uh, Definitely on that list. He's probably, he was, he's the one that broke me in. He's the one that, you know, saw something in me uh, from the school and like had enough faith in me to put me in my first title match. And from there, that's when things started going. He, he's always kind of always had no problem telling me the truth. Always. If there was an opportunity, the first person he would mention is me. And we we talk all the time. You know, he, he, you know, he tells me about my footage, all that. We travel a lot together. We just did the D Malenko seminar together. Uh, Next would probably be uh, Wicked Nemesis. He's the one that uh, came along and saw me and pushed me 
and kept me. He keeps me in a very high light, keeps my name out there in the conversation. That's always good. And then right now, third is going to have to be Charles Anders, just because he came from Knowing Wicked. And then he's also very, very high on the character. And he's taken time to like, he made it all the way to ROH at one point in his career. And he's just now hitting the indie scene again. And he's had a nice group of guys that are very motivated. And he's allowed me into that, you know, that scene with them. And I've learned a lot from them and like Gene Jackson and uh, the podcast and them talking. And those are probably the three most right now that have stood out. I've had a lot of people help me along the way in their own way. But the ones that keep in constant contact with me, like A.R. Fox, I cannot be more than grateful to A.R. Fox. I mean, obviously, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for him training me and taking the time. But at the same time, these are the ones that are still, you know, there. They're the ones still allowing me to send them footage, talking to me. Hey, hey, maybe if you did this, maybe. And those are the ones I appreciate because they're still there. And we get along really well. Like, I don't get – we never get tired of – me and Takiri can sit in a car for 14 hours together. And we never get tired of each other's company just talking wrestling and going back and forth. And in, in this world, I find that very rare to meet new people like that where you can – converse and not get tired of somebody's company where it's just like will you shut up no we get along same thing with Xanders and we can talk for hours and we're just like yeah man and we never you know we're never just like oh my god will you shut up we just get along we can just fire back and forth they have the mindset of it's just no matter what there's always something to talk about unfortunately not only the world that we live in today is changing but the wrestling world is as well yeah if a promo what promotion would you like to be working for that's they're like uh, impact aw if you had a, if you got a call we right now promotion that we would rather pick but we'll open to everyone I, right i like i like aew i like what they're doing and they have a lot of the people that i i've trained with and a lot of people i know personally they're taking a lot of the guys. There are a few from the school that are in NXT. NXT would probably I wouldn't I don't think I'd ever want to do Raw or SmackDown WWE. I'd always want to stick with NXT. Like that just seems to be more my style. And AEW, same thing. I think I would rather go AEW right now just because I like the fact that they look like they're all getting along. They look like they all have control of what they're doing and what they want to do. And I like that because I feel like with the character that I've created, I would never want to lose what I've created. And I feel like Going to WWE, I think I would just be given a lot of rules about this is what we think Mako would say or should say. I don't like the concept of somebody saying that to me. I think, oh, we know you better than you know yourself. No, no, you don't, because I don't even think about what I'm going to say until I say it. So don't know what I'm going to I never know what I'm going to say half the time. So don't pretend like you can, you know, have words ready for me. I don't. And I think AEW would allow me to go out there and just be me. They'd be like, hey, just go out there and be you and we'll see where, you know, see where it ends up. And I like that. Especially AEW opening the forbidden doors now, you know, yeah. like Impact and AAA. I mean, WWE is all about like themselves. Yep. And AEW's you know, wrestling. Wrestling is a wrestling is a weird phenomenon that people just do not understand because if you mention it to one person, they're like, God, I I just find it so. And then, but they always know five or six people that are just addicted to it. They're just like, but man, my best friend loves it. And you're like, there's always that person. There's so many people that love what we do. And that's the, that's the, cause people are like, man, that, that's still going on. That's still something and you're like, yeah. And it's, it's pretty big. <laughs> like, there's a lot of us doing it. There's a lot of us that look forward to it, watch it, 
you know, do do the due diligence and go read articles about guys coming up and looking at indie tournaments where the names are being wrestler of the year in this territory or this indie scene. I don't want to say territory because I guess those are dead, but I feel like they are, there still is territory for some reason, but that's just me. And that's another thing too is, I'm going to be honest, I'll give you a little bit of breaking news right now. Uh, 2022, uh, Montgomery, Alabama, I'm working on starting something myself and getting uh, something off the ground. I've already been in talks, and that's something that if people want to keep up with, I because I love what I do, and that was another goal of mine. And I, like I said, I've been checking off goals left and right. So in Montgomery, Alabama, if you hear of a promotion and you see Mr. Suit and Tie over here, with his Vince McMahon swagger, don't be surprised because I'm going to pull an NWO and I'll have my own promotion just like sold out over here and make my own brand and be like, we're going to take over this. Now we can do whatever we want to because I own it. <laughs> right. I mean, you'll be the boss. So that that hopefully that'll get taken off and that'll just be one more checklist to my, you know, my dreams come true. What's the best advice you can give someone who's just breaking into business? Uh... When when you when you watch your film and you're 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 watching wrestling, and you're paying attention to everything, and I know what you're looking for. I know you're looking for these moves. I know you're I know you're probably a fan of somebody. That's why you broke in. You want to emulate that person so bad, and you want to be that person. Like you want to be the next Rock, or you want to be the next you know Crispin Wall, or whatever it is. Because you you know these guys all. There's always like a top five that everybody's trying to be. There's nothing wrong with emulating. I get it do it. But when you start, when you watch wrestling and you get to a level, once you're in your first year, two years, you're going to start realizing that you're going to watch these guys wrestle. You're going to stop watching their moves. Don't pay attention to their moves. Pay attention to their posture and the things after those are the most important things in wrestling to me. Those are what make the match great because watching the rock do what the rock did. The reason why the rock was so good is because his whole demeanor was the rock. He was a whole – when you played the video games with The Rock, he had an entire moveset that was his. Yeah. It was – he had a different way of punching. He had a different way of falling. He had all that. Don't look at these moves. Look at the character and what the – like, Velveteen Dream does it so well. He's so long, so everything is stretched out, and he's he's in agony. And you can see it. When he's, when he's in flight, his arm – watch those things. Get your moves down. Don't, don't think that the moveset's not important. Don't don't just don't try to always be the cool move guy. That's just like I have one move that's probably going to end my career if I keep doing it more than a year. Because trust me, once you do it once, and that's what you're booked for, you have to do it your entire career. You have to remember, you have to do that. Why do you think Hulk Hogan has hip surgery and back? You think a leg drop is easy? It sucks. It sucks doing a leg drop. <laughs> I've done it like once or twice and instantly been like, what's wrong with my back? Oh, I did a leg drop. Damn it. Like, I know that thing hurts. If you ain't got enough cushion for it, don't do it. Yeah, because it's a cushion you have. It's like, yeah. And I don't have enough butt for it. So, I, you know, my butt, like, instantly, it's all spine. So it's like, if you got some cushion back there, some, some old, your own cushion, hey, more than happy. No. I'm not doing it. Every time I, and you know, on the fly, I will do a leg drop because I forget. And as soon as I hit, I'm just like, oh, why would I do that to myself? And I remember when I was just like a kid, you know, watching wrestling, try to do some moves. I did a leg drop to my little wrestling, but I still remember the pain that shot off my tailbone. And, and you go, it's the way you did that. That. supposed to be pain. Wait a second. Yeah, when you did that, when you instantly did it, you instantly told yourself, hey, these guys are not just 
out here just doing stuff. Like it hurts. Like it does. Everything we do in that ring is real. Like that's why I tried. It hurts. Even a simple leg drop that we thought, oh, that's so stupid. Oh, that's why. How could? Yeah, do it. Tell me it doesn't hurt you just as much as it hurts the heck. Yokozuna had the best leg drop, by the way. I watched his documentary recently. Oh, my God, that was a beautiful thing. I know that hurt everybody. But somehow Yoko made it look like it did not hurt him at all because he had so much. Uh, I told somebody at a show, and I was like, I just want to see a Yokozuna leg drop. Somebody Yokozuna leg drop somebody. I think somebody actually went out there and did it. I was like, yes. I popped so hard for it. I was like, yes. I think Yokozuna is one of the most underrated WWF champions we ever had. Yes, he, he was a he was definitely watching his documentary was just like I forgot how good he was. And that happens a lot with me because you know we keep moving forward and then you go back and you watch somebody, you just forget like how much we took for granted some of these great stars that we never, you know, Yokozuna at the time we just hated him because he was Yokozuna and he was in our face and he was Japanese and we're like, you know, we hate you. You hurt Bret Hart, you, you know, you're 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 Japanese, you know, we don't like it. But then when you go back and watch, you're like, man, he was crazy good. Yeah, because you hurt Bret Hart, you know, you hurt Hulk Hogan, you know, you beat Hogan in the title. I remember Yokozuna beat Hogan. There was that one guy in front row, looked like Hogan completely, and he was just like, like shocked. Yep. And I was like, you look crying, aren't you? It's like, just like when the Taker lost that streak, I was there live for that one. I remember that, you know, the famous meme of the guy just, like, I was there when he did that. I saw him down in front row doing that, and I was like, woo! You saw the iconic moment in WWE history. I was in the crowd for that. So that's always, a, that's a big part of, uh, that was before I got into the business, but I got lucky and got to be there. So every time I see that, it's really weird to know that I'm really close to that. Like we got really good seats too. And I'm just like, man, I'm there. I mean, every time I watch, that's my favorite mania just because I know I'm there. I'm, I went to another one, but it wasn't as fantastic as that one. <laughs> so you told us what's all these things that you have lined up for your future projects and goals. Is there anything else you forgot to bring up? Because you have a long list. Uh, no, I, my thing right now is that uh, I'm, being, I'm being brought in, and uh, it's slow and steady, and I'm enjoying every moment of it. And that's the one thing that I will say is that I'm going to enjoy my ride. I'm not going to rush anything. I like enjoying my moments, and that's what I'm going to do. And my checklist come, and it seems to be, you know, stay positive and just keep – and keep and it just seems to keep happening. Like, I will say you will see me popping up a lot more in the Georgia scene. Uh, Alabama is, you know, home, but I'm starting to get out there a lot more. So, you know, you got Southern Violence on May 8th. Uh, you got Peach State on May 29th. That's uh, at the Church with No Walls. Uh, I did hear about uh, NCW coming back. I got, a, I got a hit up for that. They're thinking about bringing me in. So hopefully on July 12th. I'll be there for that. That's also a very big promotion in Georgia. Uh, so, I mean, Georgia, here I come. And that's what we talked about last time we did this. I said I wasn't trying to get titles or anything. I said I was just trying to get in the conversation. And now I'm in the conversation. So we'll see what happens and see what, what kind of noise we can make now that people know who I am. Well, you say in the conversation, it's in the wrestling world. Now you're going to, like, movies and you probably have your own promotion. It's like you really overshot your call. <laughs> Well, you know, I just needed, I just needed, to, I needed that spark, man. I needed that, uh, and I, I had faith. I had faith because, like I said, I, 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 I watched wrestling, and I know in my own mind, I'm not saying my way is right. I'm not saying anybody doing anything is wrong. I just believe that people have kind of gotten away from what we enjoyed as kids, 
because in 2000, you have a lot of young people coming up in 2000 is a whole different era than when I was growing up. So I'm more about the character and the storytelling. And I feel like people are missing that. People want that back. They do enjoy that so much in wrestling. And people want the Brock Lesnar's. And Brock Lesnar, is a, he's, a, he's, a, he's, he's fantastic in his own right. But let's be honest, you know, if you had a whole bunch of Brock Lesnar's running around, how fun is wrestling? It's really not that exciting. You know, you got to, you know, so you got to realize there's a place for everybody. You just need to find your place. And that's what I feel like I do well. I found my lane and I'm going to ride until the wheels fall off. And people have been missing it because name somebody right now. And there's a lot of guys doing the whole I'm the sexiest man on the planet thing, but it doesn't seem to stick. And I'm not saying I'm the sexiest man on the planet. That's what I changed. I changed the whole concept of being Rick Rude. I just took the Rick Rude, Mr. Perfect persona, and I made it hip hop and cool. And that's what I'm doing. I'm taking it and making it newer and fresher. And I'm, I'm going to give my, my, my dude, I'm, I'll say who I, you know, who I saw. I take the Bret Hart, the excellence of execution. I love the perfectionist. I like Mr. Perfect. I like Rude. I like the arrogance, but you know, you can't come out there and do that now because people are going to be like, well, you got a mullet and a porn stash that's been done, you know, but have you seen a bald head bearded tattooed guy say he's the, you know, eh, it's different. It's kind of like, wait a minute. Usually I would be the bad boy and I'd be the, the, the guy who wears jeans and comes out in a t-shirt and, you know, I got chains on or, you know, and I'm, Rrr. but no, I'm like, no, you know, I'm going to take it this way because beards are in. Let's do it. <laughs> you forgot the pink part. The pink, oh yeah, pink's just this. It's just iconic, man. Pink, pink is pink is iconic, and it always will be. You always you'll, you'll, you'll always see me in something pink. And it's just something that that's Bret Hart, that's Cameron, that's it's been my entire life. Always pink, pretty and pink. Heck, I mean, I watched that movie. I love that movie too, just because it had pink in the title. Like, I watch this. Yeah, I've gotten over the. I was got over the whole like guys can't wear pink twice off Bret Hart and Jim the Anvil Nightheart. I'm talking about the Wish yep. Hart Foundation with Jimmy Hart. And see, I was I was already on that because I, you know, Brett was always neon pink. He was always cool. He was always, you know, with the shades. But when Cameron, the rapper, came out, and he's, you know, it's a whole different type of culture. And he's wearing pink furs and everything. And he's still who he is. He's still very arrogant. He's very cocky. He's still who he is. It's like, dude, you are who you are. You make what you wear. You you do what you want. Like nobody said you can't do something just because. Oh, you wear pink. You must be the. No, that's not at all what it means. It just means I know it looks good on me and I'm going to wear it. Yeah, that's just some jealous asshole who's hating. That's all. Oh, yeah, always. And that's what you I mean. That's what you do it for, though. That's why you. it's the same thing with chapstick. You know, you know, I put chapstick on before each match because, I mean, who does that? Uh, you know, Buffalo Bill and Jay and Silent Bob did it because oh, I'm just that guy who doesn't care what you think. And I'm going to put chapstick on because I don't like chap lips. And that's just what I'm going to do because I know it annoys the fuck out of you. <laughs> You're a wrestling merch. Don't you have a shirt that has chapstick on it? Yes, I do. But that's also, that's also one of my best. That was like my first store. I have another store that has way better shirts. I don't know why that store's still up. I had to figure that one out. Well, I like that shirt, though. But Where can everyone find it, these your merch and find you on the web? Uh, store Frontiers, Shane Mako, uh, Mako, I think two. Store two is what it is. But there's two of them on there. So like the shirt I have on now. If you don't see this shirt on there, then it's the other one. So this is the shirt that I'll tell you. I got, I just created another one with a, a swipe life. So that's about to hit the, that hit the store probably two weeks ago. I'm not really, I, I kind of wait to promote all my stuff together, but I create stuff all the time. So I'll be the first one. I always like to have it before the store drops it. 
So I'll drop it, and but I got to be the first one to have it because I'm Shane Mako. I got to be the first to have everything, and then I allow, you know, if 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 you if you want it, you can have it. But I'm the first one. I got to get the first order. <laughs> I'll be the first one wearing it. So it's a new thing to hit the streets. One last thing before I let you go, can I please get a too sweet from the pickup artist. Oh, there we go. Yeah, there too we go. sweet. Too sweet. <laughs> When everyone says, like, oh, you can't do that, that's copywritten, WWE, I say, yeah, but if you say virtual distance too sweet, no one thought of that. There you go. And, I mean, I, you always got to have your, uh, you know, I don't, they need to knock that off. That's just, that's petty. That's petty. I mean, like I said, with, like, I, when I started this podcast, right in there, I was like, I don't care what people think. You know? Yeah, you got to do, you, you know, my thing is, is, in wrestling, when you do something, as long as you give credit where credit's due, then there's nothing wrong with it because we all know we look up to most of the people who did it. So for them to sit there and say, hey, we created this, you can't, it's, it's just kind of like crapping on the people who created it because, you know, the ones that are doing it, they know where they, they got it. They know who they respect. They know who they idolize. And it's like they're not doing it because, oh, we're just taking this because we want. No, they're, they, they love the guys that they're doing it from. They would never, ever go to Shawn Michaels and be like, oh, crap to you and you're too sweet like oh we hated it you know no 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 they're doing it because they love Shawn michaels they love triple h they love the nwo and all that they man those are iconic people so it, it's anything and everything and that's my thing is is like i i had somebody actually try to they for a moment they went after my gimmick and they called themselves the pickup artist and like a thing and it kind of hit the internet pretty hard because he said it not knowing and i didn't know either i saw it and i was like hey what's this guy doing and you know i i the pickup artist is me i'm the only one there is there's no other there's never been and there never has been another pickup artist in wrestling you can look it up but he did it and i mean i was about to say something and i mean his inbox and his comments got hit so hard nope only one pickup artist and i was just like well i don't have to say anything he knows he messed up and that's my thing is i wouldn't even be caring if you called yourself that but you need to be a pickup artist not the pickup artist there's a difference you can be a pickup artist i have no problem with that whatsoever have at it you know there's tons of them there's millions of pickup artists out there but i am the pickup artist and that's the only difference what's wrong being like blessed by the godfather of pickup artists there you go that's i mean and i have no i have nothing like if, if i see anybody you know if i see anybody living that swipe life i'm all for it man you know you know whatever but always remember who started it? And I have no problem with that. I think that's all that matters. It's just the respect of things. If I do something, I tell you where I, I tell you where I got my, my, my motivation. I have no problem giving people the credit, but I mean, I just don't like the fact that some people out there really will try to steal something and be like, Oh no, 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 it was me. No, come on. I got footage eight years ago of me doing that. Knock it off. Also the powerful way, the powers of Google and stuff like that. You're on your phone going, you sure you want to say that? You sure? Yeah. You sure? Well, Google yeah. says you're wrong, bitch. Yeah, exactly. That's why you got to be careful, man. Like, I, I make a point to always kind of timestamp everything I do. That's why, I, that's why I put the videos out there that I do, because I want people to see it. And I don't mind if I see it anywhere. That's fine. But don't ever say you created it. Like, don't don't take my thing and then be like, oh, da, da, da. It's like, no, everybody knows. And, you know, in wrestling, man, they'll be quick to come to your defense, too. Like, they, they, they we take that serious. Like, we know who did something and, oh, you know, but it, as long as there's just a, a nice understanding of professionalism behind it. Man, nobody really gets butthurt about it. It's all about, you know, we all steal each other's stuff. We know that we all just modify it, make it ours, or we do it better or whatever. But, you know, you always go up to the guy and you handshake him and, Hey man, 
I ain't gonna lie to you. I saw you do this and I thought it was so cool. I started doing it. So, I mean, it's just what it is. And if, if it's ever been a problem, I'll stop doing it. But you know, for the most part, no, everybody's like, man, no, man, go ahead and have that. that that's cool as hell. Keep it. <laughs> well, champ, I appreciate your time. You're, you keep on kicking ass and I, what's next? President of the United States? Uh, I'm going to try and take over. Like I, I had a goal. I'm going to take over Alabama first. So let's go ahead and just, let's go ahead and go for a uh, governor of Alabama. That's going to be my first goal. And then we'll see about running with the rock. And see go. if I can pull off, pull off vice president to the rock. That'd be pretty cool. Well, I'll definitely be voting for you guys. <laughs> well, thank you very much for your time and stay safe out there and we'll catch up sometime soon. All right. Make sure you do that. You know, this is becoming like a norm. <laughs> no, Always a pleasure. It's always a pleasure talking to you. You too. Hey, take care of yourself. You too.